Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards podcast. It is the time for the playoffs. Uh, the regular season is done, 271 completed games, one postponement. And we're back, we're down to the last 13 games of the season as we enter the wildcard weekend. The not the best weekend of football in the world, but it leads to the best weekend, which is next weekend. This week, we are going to separate the wheat from the chaff. Get rid of those teams who possibly shouldn't be in here. Teams that maybe, maybe won't be in here for, well, definitely won't be in here for much longer. Um, and yeah, we get on to the best game, uh, best weekend of the NFL season next week. Uh, but yeah, for this week, we are going to go through the six wildcard weekend games. We're going to give out a spread and total that we like each. And at the end, we'll give out a few props on, uh, on the games and we'll try and pick our favorite prop as a group for um the end of the podcast i am joined this week by liam and callum uh jack unfortunately couldn't be with us and uh yeah looking forward to this weekend of football liam how are you i'm good thanks feeling very relaxed as my team doesn't have to play this weekend unlike some so uh yeah i'm feeling relaxed i wish the games weren't in the order they were in for us uk viewers i wish that saturday night game was earlier because i think that could be the game of the the weekend and obviously Monday night is probably the other best game and that's going to be late as well for work on Tuesday but uh yeah it should be a good weekend I wish some quarterbacks were healthy and some teams weren't having to play backups but it's just the time of the year isn't it so yeah should still be a fun weekend hopefully we can win some money as well yeah unfortunately that is uh that is how it is unfortunately uh, I I do wonder about Mr Jackson and whether he's doing it to spite the team who didn't pay him but uh We'll we'll probably talk about that a little bit more when we get to that game. Uh, Callum, yeah. how are you doing? Yeah, all good, guys. Thanks for thanks for having me again. Um, yeah, obviously, backup quarterbacks are the main headline, especially in my world right now. Sadly, uh, you know, why do bad things happen to good teams and franchises? I just don't understand it. Um, but that's just where we are. So, sadly, uh, you're all being subjected to Skylar Thompson. Sorry, nothing against Skylar personally, but. Um, it's not going to be pretty, probably. And, you know, Lamar is Lamar is a big miss too. Lamar against Burrow in primetime would be a great thing to see. It doesn't look like we're going to get it, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, I do feel sorry for you guys in the UK, basically having to watch Brock Purdy versus Geno Smith, Josh Allen versus Skylar Thompson, and Kirk Cousins <laughs> versus Daniel Jones in realistic time zones. Um, that's That's an unfortunate selection of playoff quarterbacks. But, you know, uh, for those of us lucky enough to live stateside, um, maybe I can uh, take a nap during a couple of those and stay up for the for the better ones. Yeah, I've already been trying to plan out my Monday morning because um, 6.42 I start work on Monday mornings. So figuring what to do Sunday night, do I sleep through Giants-Vikings to get up for the Bengals-Ravens or do I just go in with two hours sleep to work? I <laughs> That is, uh, they're my decisions at the moment because annoyingly, Dolphins Bills is probably the one I want to sleep through. Unfortunately for you guys, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll see how it goes on Sunday, and I'm sure I'll figure something out. I, I've done it on three hours sleep before. I've got Tuesday as my day off this week, so I only need to make it through to Monday, and then I can chill out for recover and uh, recoup on Tuesday. But yeah, it's um, yeah, I I was amazed that the Bengals got Sunday night football. Obviously, it's probably a sign of where Jerry B is, as he's raised the franchise to a little bit more of a respectable level in the eyes of the NFL now. Um, but yeah, I, I was fully expecting to get at least, at, at best, the mid-Sunday spot. But um, <laughs> yeah, one fifteen kickoff for, for that one, which um, which will be fun. Um, so yeah, we will start with um, Seahawks plus 9.5 at the 49ers. Uh, total is 42.5 in that game. Um, it is Brock Purdy as versus Geno Smith, as Callum alluded to. Brock Purdy's been outstanding, frankly, since he took the reins as the QB in, in San Francisco. He's looked probably better than Jimmy G. He's thrown at least two touchdowns in every game. Uh, last week was um, three, I think, against the Cardinals. In, oh, wow, it was a blowout. And that's where they are at the moment. Obviously, the trade for Christian McCaffrey is what has essentially put them in this position. I, I think Purdy's done a fine job, but having the best running back in the league, probably, uh, on the roster in a team which highlights his talents has been sensational for them, frankly. So it's been incredibly impressive what he's been able to do. I thought they might have rested him a little bit last week, but he still scored two touchdowns 
in fairness, they did have Elijah Mitchell back. And I think he scored two touchdowns as well. So they did spread it around a little bit. And with those two back in the backfield now, with Ayuk and uh, with Debo coming back for this one as well, you can see why they're as short as they are for the Super Bowl, because they should be, frankly. Um, the Seahawks obviously scraped in over the team that we all wanted in, over Callum's second team, um, who did what they needed to do and looked damn good doing it and uh, really annoyed the Packers, which is always fun. Um, possibly sending Rodgers to retirement. Who knows with that one? <laughs> I think he's a massive drama. Drama queen, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was all for show and he'll be back over the summer because that's what he does most years. He was like Big Ben, basically. Um, but yeah, the, <laughs> Se- <laughs> the Seahawks did what they needed eventually and over time um, with um, Baker Mayfield helping them and the refs helping them from everything I've heard this week. Apparently there was uh, decisions which were Quite uh, quite favourable to the Seahawks, but yeah, Gino could win Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, DK Metcalf obviously is very good. Tyler Lockett looked good last week. Kenneth Walker, possibly Offensive Rookie of the Year. They do have some talent there, but frankly, I'd be amazed if they get anything out of this game. Um, so I'll go over to Liam and see what he's got for us on this one. Yeah, I think maybe it's because of the backup QBs in the other games, but I think this is now quite a fun game. <laughs> I don't know if that's because of the other games or, or not, but... Um, I think at least Pete Carroll is going to devise a good game plan uh, against the 49ers offense. So I'm quite looking forward to watching it. Um, one thing that Gino does really, really well is throw the ball really far down the field. Uh, he's one of the most accurate passes over 25 yards. So personally, I think that we could be in for a fun high scoring game uh, just because I think he's going to be able to throw the ball down the field enough and, and score some points. So I'll probably be looking at some Tyler Lockett over bets. Just because DK struggles against Traverius Ward, who plays for the, the 49ers, that's he's had his worst two games ever against him. So um, I think there's a chance Tyler Lockett could have a, a big day and obviously Kenneth Walker will, will get in a lot of carries. So um, for me, I do see points in this one. I don't know if that's me trying to be optimistic for the first game of the of the slate. But um, in terms of side total, uh, I've gone over 42.5 as my favourite bet outside in total. I just think that the 49ers are probably going to put up at least three touchdowns and a field goal on their own. And I do think that the Seahawks are going to get well into double figures. So, yeah, I think overall it's going to be a fun game. I think the Seahawks can score enough to keep up with them. Um, but I do think the 49ers are probably going to win this game and, and get the favourites off to a to a good start. Um, and then later on, I've got a prop as well that I, uh, that I like for this one. Yeah, I do like the over in this. I do think that the, the line is a little bit low. I think it's maybe remembering like I am, unfortunately, the Monday night football game from a couple of months back, um, where the 49ers, to be frank, outclassed the Seahawks. And that's my fear in this game is, is it just as simple as they are just that much better than them, uh, which is a worry. Uh, everything in my body would absolutely love Geno Smith to pull the upset here and, and knock the 49ers out immediately. Um, Adam mentioned Brock Purdy, and I think it's worth highlighting that for all the plaudits Kyle Shanahan gets, his third-ranked quarterback is the best one on his roster. So do we really trust him to make reasonable decisions when he wanted to play Trey Lance and Jimmy G over Brock Purdy, who's come in and looked flawless, basically, as much as it pains me to say it? I do think this one has the possibility to be closer than that Monday Night Football game. You know, playoffs, weird things happen. Pete Carroll's been there before. He's seen the playoffs. And the Seahawks have kind of got just a good bit of a bit of a good vibe going this year with, with you know, how, especially considering how bad everything worked out for Russell Wilson in Denver. So I wouldn't sit here and say that I expect the Seahawks to win, but I don't expect them to get blown out. I really don't. Um, you know, over the 42 and a half, I like for sure. And I, I could see this being a one-score game. I'm not, I'm not saying it's definitely going to be, you know, 24-21 or whatever, but I could see the Seahawks keeping this close. And, you know, you've always got the possibility of the backdoor cover if you're within two. So, um, yeah, I would lean Seahawks in the over on this one. Yeah, the over 42.5 would be my best bet out of the main selections on this one. Uh, The regular season games, obviously, this weekend. Being the playoffs, I I think it's fairly unique that they're all rematches. Um, Obviously, there's normally one or two, but having the whole six-game slate as rematches from the regular season is... As I say, I don't know. I've not looked into it, but I'd imagine that's fairly unique. Obviously, three of them are divisional games, so you've had a lot of double-ups. 49ers beat the Seahawks twice in the regular season. 
21-13 and 27-7, which was in Seattle, uh, which was in San Francisco. They covered the eight and a half point spread in that one, and obviously both of those went under the totals. But yeah, so yeah, obviously 49ers defense is good, but this is the playoffs, and Pete Carroll knows what he's doing. Obviously, there's a lot of familiarity between these two. They are fairly evenly matched over the series. They're five and five ATS over the last ten games, so they they spread this, they split the series quite well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Pete Carroll can do something. And yeah, I think over would be my bet on this one. Um, I do have one of the props that I have for this week on this one was Eli Mitchell. He is now, um, I think it was 12 to 5, 5 to 2 now to score any time. As I say, he came back last week, scored a couple, and I think he will get a little bit more of the work this week with McCaffrey, obviously splitting it with him. And yeah, 5 to 2, I thought was very generous for him. Yeah, like that. Until he scored two last weekend as well, didn't you? So it's like he's mm. he's quite looks healthy. So because he wasn't healthy at the start of the year at all, whereas now I think he looked back to back to being himself. Um, my prop for this game was Seahawks over seventeen point five points as well. I just think they could probably get to twenty points. I think that's what I like, and the the, the reason I did it was because of the odds. So that's eleven to eight, so it's not like an even one to one split. I think their team total was more like 15, but obviously I don't want to bet on 15. So it's such a random number. So if you go over 17 and a half, you can get to 11 to eight. Um, and personally, like I said, I just think you're going to see some big plays. Obviously, if the first half doesn't go well, you're probably going to regret this bet. But if they come out playing well, scripted plays like they did the last couple of weeks, then I think they can score 20 points. You can win your bet and Brock Purdy can probably score 30 and annoy everyone and make his way to the Super Bowl or something. So. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh... Obviously, we we think he's probably going to get through this one, and then he could possibly play the um, who were we looking at next? It was Cowboys or Bucks, wasn't it? Would be next. So yeah, that would be that'd be an interesting. Wait, one. no, he played the Vikings. No, Vikings. Was it, oh, Vikings. Well, I was going to say, yeah. I, I well, think they... it could be the Giants. So yeah, I th- well, the Giants I... would go to the Eagles, though, wouldn't they? Because they're yeah. the worst seed. So, so. That, that's that's why I thought it'd be uh, Cowboys slash Bucks. Uh. Uh, but yeah, yeah, obviously we didn't talk brackets before this one, but yeah, I, I think there's a chance that Giants pull off the upset and then face the Eagles and then, yeah, it'll be uh, 49ers versus Cowboys for all Bucks, which will be very interesting. Um, Callum, any props for this one? I know obviously we men- had a quick mention. No, I mean, I, I wanted to agree with Liam's take on Tyler Lockett, really. That would be probably the one that I was was looking towards. Seattle are weird. They, they 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 throw touchdowns to random players quite often. They're kind of they're, they're, yeah, their hub of tight ends. Will Disley, Noah Fan, Colby Parkinson. Like you can almost take a punt on one of them, but you've got you know a thirty three percent chance of it hitting. If it does, the payout's pretty good. But in reality, you know, I don't think it's going to be more than one of them. But probably one of them will catch a touchdown. Gino likes his tight ends, and all three of those guys have made big plays at times this year for the Seahawks. Um, you, you feel a bit scared backing Kenneth Walker overs against the 49ers defense, but <laughs> there is an element that, you know, maybe if, if they do manage to get in close, his, his prize any time is worth the pump. But yeah, ge- generally, I think you probably want to stay away. And I know you mentioned George Kill previously. I think you could you could take a look at George Kill overs as well. I think Brock Purdy's found his favourite target, which is not really a surprise considering um not really that impressed by the rest of their receivers. But yeah, uh George Kill George Kill overs is uh, is really the, the way to go for the 49ers. Yeah, Kitzel has scored seven in his last four games, including two against the Seahawks. Obviously they were without Debo, so that probably helped him get a little bit more in the red zone. And he killed me and Jack at the weekend. Jack put up in our little chat group about uh, Jordan Mason was 33-1, to 1, I think it was, on Paddy Power. <laughs> he got in, but then he didn't get in. And then instead of just giving him the ball again, they threw one to George Hill <laughs> for his second of the game, which was completely unnecessary for all of us who backed <laughs> Jordan Mason at massive odds in play. So that was very frustrating, but... For this week, uh, nine to five on Kittle, I thought was very generous. That was at William Hill, um, for him to score any time. Uh, just had a quick look. Tyler Lockett is sixty-one point five, uh, the same yardage line as DK Metcalf. Um, you might be able to find a decent one on longer. Longer Lockett. Lockett. I've gone Lockett and Twenty-three point uh, five. Score a tu- both score a touchdown as well. Which will like be. That's like going to be six, seven to one, something like that. It's going to be. I think it's five to one on that. I'd yeah, so 
Not too bad. Uh, Colby Parkinson is six to one. I think he is the one I would go with out of the tight ends. He'd be the one I would probably pick to score a touchdown. He seemed to get quite a few targets last week from the bits I saw on red zone. Uh, that was it. Paddy Power slash Betfair. Um, so I think we're done with the first game of the weekend. Um, on to Saturday night, which is Chargers minus two and a half at Jaguars with a total of 47.5. And we'll go to Liam to preview his divisional rivals. Yeah, I know. Talking about the Chargers in the playoffs feels like uh, <laughs> a sin, to be honest. But a uh, friend of the pod, Lee, will be very happy that uh, this game's on. Uh, who'd have thought the Jaguars would have hosted a playoff game, apart from uh, I think a couple of us said they might win the division about seven, six, seven weeks ago when they were on a bit of a roll. And um, godfather of uh, full 10 yards, Josh Hemwood, told me there's no way they were going to win the division. And uh, look where we are now, division champions. But yeah, for me, this is the best game I think Monday night will get the best views and it's the biggest spectacle and arguably probably got the best players in terms of both rosters. But I think for me, with the quarterback battle, because uh, the other games, I don't think Lamar's probably going to play. I think this is the best quarterback battle of the weekend. So I do feel like this is going to be a fun game. However, these are two teams that are coached very strangely at times. So it wouldn't surprise me if this game was 37-34 or if it was 20-17. I think that's the, the sort of variance we could get in this game. Obviously, last weekend... For some reason, Brandon Staley decided to play all his players when his team's known for getting injured all the time. Uh, Mike Williams has obviously hurt his back, but uh, reports today are that he's going to try and practice tomorrow and then play on, on Saturday. But tomorrow's only a walkthrough, so I'm, it's not going to be a real practice. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what that means come, come Saturday night. Um, it looks like Joey Bosa is healthy, so he's going to play, which is a big difference for the Chargers. I think their pass rush win rate is uh, nearly double. Uh, on third down when he plays, because he is one of the best pass rushers in the league. So I do feel like that makes a difference to the game. Um, we all know the Chargers struggle to stop the run, and Travis Etienne is a very, very good running back in the league. So I do feel like we're going to see a hell of a lot of Jaguars running the ball. Uh, and Doug Peterson is going to go for it a lot on fourth down, so we'll see if uh, Brandon Staley gets back to his old tricks. So for me, I think this could be a quite a fun game. Um, I'm a big fan of Herbert, so I'm a bit worried that if he goes nuclear, we could be seeing a uh, AFC kind of either AFC champion or AFC finalist here in Herbert, but we just don't know what Brandon Staley is going to do. So, yeah, for me, I think this is probably one of the most interesting games of the weekend. Yeah, I agree generally with most of that. I, I really like the over here. I think these are two offences who can score points in a hurry. Um, they both have talented running backs. They both have talented wide receivers. Um, I, 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 I see points in this game. Uh, even tight ends, to be fair, Evan Engram has quietly had the season that the New York Giants were hoping he would have for you know, four or five years, and then he's kind of done it in Jacksonville all of a sudden. So, yeah, credit credit to credit to these teams, both of these teams. I'm pro Brandon Staley. People don't seem to like him, but I like the fact that he's willing to roll the dice. So, obviously, playing Mike Williams has blown up in his face. Not having Mike Williams would be a big loss for this Chargers team. He is just such a threat down the field. John Ball receiver, able to basically able to moss anyone that he's up against, given the situation. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people talking about Jaguars being their favourite pick this weekend. I, I just think this is the Chargers' time. I think it's finally ready for them to make a run. You know, Herbert was so incredible last year in that Week 18 game that he eventually managed to not quite get into the playoffs with um, when Staley sillily called a timeout rather than letting clock expire. Um, but I just think now the Chargers are ready for a run. I just think the Jaguars are probably another year away from really being a threat. And really, the Jags are in the playoffs because the, tit the Titans got very injured and are very inept. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I like the Jags. I like what Doug Peterson's building. I think he's done a good a good job this year. But I, I do think they're probably still a you know a couple couple years away from really being a, a serious threat. So, yeah, Chargers minus 2.5 looks good to me and, and over 47.5 as well. Um, it'd be hard not to take... Keenan Allen overs if Mike Williams is out. Um, and equally, like I said, Evan Engram, I think is probably good value in terms of touchdown scoring and uh, over his yardage total. Yeah, hard to argue with any of that. Um, the other tight end on the Chargers side, he's, he scored last week, uh, Gerald Everett. Um, he is uh, th around 3-1 to one to score anytime. They seem to use him a fair bit in the red zone. And if Mike Williams isn't there, then Everett is the big-bodied receiver that they may well target. Um, weird stat from the NFL capsules that I've just found. Jaguars won the AFC South after finishing the season before with the world with the league's worst record. 
if they win this playoff game, it will be the first time any team has ever won a postseason game after finishing the season before with the worst record. Not quite sure what that means, other than the fact that you'd think that teams would do better because they get the first pick. (laughs) Obviously, Hmm. um, (laughs) it should help them out. But um, yeah, it's um, not a rookie, sorry. Trevor Lawrence obviously played last year, although essentially is a rookie because last year shouldn't really count for him. Yeah. Uh, but first time playoff uh, first time playoff QBs do struggle against QBs who have had a game in the playoffs obviously that's not the case in this one it is Herbert's first time uh, in the playoffs thanks to the Chargers charger in um, <laughs> so it's not really relevant on this one but I will mention that again in a minute so yeah it's um should be a very inter- inter- entertaining game and with it being the late one obviously as we were saying it's going to be a bit of a bit of a drain for us in the UK but we can sleep through the early one in the second half of the early one and uh, get up for this one. Yeah. Um, obviously Herbert and Lawrence, they are f- darlings of the NFL, especially Herbert. The uh, NFL account does seem to love him and it's easy to see why he's obviously got all the physical traits and he can do what he wants. It's mentally whether he can do it. And obviously, as I say, QBs playing their first playoff games do tend to struggle. So it'll be interesting to see how both of these do. The regular season game was 38-10 to 10 to the Jaguars. Uh, it was when Justin Herbert was playing with severely yeah, no ribs damaged left. ribs. <laughs> yeah. James um, Robinson, so... I think, scored scored the most fantasy points that day as well, which he's not even on the Jags anymore. So. <laughs> with, yeah, he had over 100. He had a 50-yard yeah. run. Um, it, all three of the Jags receivers caught a touchdown in that game. Kirk and each of the, each of the Jones brothers all caught a touchdown, so they moved the ball around well. Um, that's why it's a bit annoying trying to back a wide receiver for the Jaguars because he will, well, Lawrence does tend to find the open one or massively overthrow the open one like he did last <laughs> week. He, it was probably the, the Jags Chargers game in the regular season was probably Lawrence's best game in the season to that time. And probably for the whole first half, he obviously came on a lot in the second half of the season, but last week against the Titans, he was awful. So you've got to hope that that was just a blip and that he'll bounce back for this one. Um, he has never lost a game on a Saturday uh, <laughs> That's what I was say, in high ever. school, in high school, in college, or uh, where we are now. Which oh, is that that was your good stat? Was it? Sorry, stolen that from stat, you. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't mean that much in the NFL, but yeah. But obviously, quite a nice, uh, nice little uh, nugget for people there. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. There's big rest disparity in this one. The Jags obviously played last Saturday. The Chargers played late Sunday, and they're having to travel. For people who think that's important, they're all leaning to the Jags. I would have to lean to the Chargers, but yeah, the over 47 would be my best bet on this one. Um, any props, Liam? Um, yeah, I was saying I didn't give my spread, so I do really like the Jags. <laughs> like, really, really like the Jags. I think both these two teams could probably cause anyone else trouble this weekend, but uh, I'm going to lean Chargers minus two and a half, and my best prop was uh, Travis Etienne over 16.5 carries. Uh, I do feel like this is going to be a close game. Uh, both both teams probably run the ball more than they should on first down when your quarterbacks are this good. Um, and I just think ETN is going to get loads and loads of runs, especially if the game stays close. So yeah, ETN over 16.5 rushing attempts is my uh, my prop. But I'm going for the Chargers to win, unfortunately, for, uh, for me as a Chiefs fan. <laughs> and probably play you guys next week. So yeah, that's... Uh... That's that's the one that most people want is Chargers Chiefs. That's going to be a hell of a game if that uh, if that comes to fruition. Um, but that relies on the next game, which we will go to Callum's preview. It is the Dolphins plus thirteen at the Bills with a tail of forty three point five. You've got more knowledge than us, mate. Unfortunately, it's not going to be a happy one for you. But this is how I'm doing it. Do we have to talk about this game? I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, where do you start? I'll start with the team that I know the most about because they're probably the least important in this game. So let's let's just briefly touch on Miami. Um, I would like to say it's extremely unfair that in my 15 years as a Dolphins fan, we have made the playoffs twice and our starting quarterbacks in those two games are going to have been Matt Moore and Skylar <laughs> Thompson. Matt Moore, now, Chiefs I'm legend. Not, yeah, no. Listen, no issue with Matt. Good, good guy. Nice guy, but um, got destroyed by the the killer bees in Pittsburgh in twenty seventeen. I think that was. 
And now we get to see Skylar Thompson get destroyed by the killer Buffaloes in Buffalo. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, a shame, really, because I do think there's an argument that with everyone healthy, one particular person in particular, um, this Dolphins offense was a top five offense in the league. Um, two has finished the season number one ranked in a number of passing categories that is pretty impressive. There's still a lot of people who don't believe in him. And I, I do understand that. But at the end of the day, you know, he, he had a really good season when he was able to stay healthy. And now the concern is, are we ever going to see him again? Um, you know, there's, there's realistic thoughts that maybe he might have to, uh, have to retire because of concussions, which would be an absolute killer to a Dolphins franchise that looked like it was moving in the right direction. Anyway, as far as this game goes in particular, every single absolute atom of my body tells me that the Dolphins are going to get destroyed. Um, The only thing you can say is that both times the Dolphins played the Bills this year, defensively, we did did hold up fairly well against the Bills. Obviously, they still scored, I think, when it was 30-odd points in Buffalo in that snow game a couple of weeks ago. But generally, we've turned the ball over against them. We've contained Josh Allen just about. Um, and you have to feel like they will be, you know, putting a, a game plan together to try and contain Josh as much as possible. If ever there was a game for Mike McDaniel's genius run scheme to show up from San Francisco, it's this one. If the Dolphins were miraculously able to control the time of possession, frustrate the Bills, get a couple of cheap three and outs and drive you might be able to keep it close. Um, Right now, I don't feel great about either line in this game, be that total or spread. I'm obviously not going to tip the Bills minus 13 out of, you know, pride, basically. But I can't also bring myself to say that I definitely think the Dolphins can keep it close. I'm sad that this is a game that everyone's going to have to watch. I feel bad for Jim Nance and Tony Romo, who were probably hoping to get Tua versus Allen again, and instead of getting Allen versus Thompson. But that's just the way it goes. If you know someone in our group earlier this week joked that Skylar Thompson could be Kyler Murray um, for the week, and that would be fun, and you know maybe maybe we might see you know miracles happen. Look, I mean to be fair, we've seen teams who were more than thirteen point underdogs win games in the past. Anything can happen. That's why they play the game. But the Bills have a huge team of destiny vibe right now, especially after everything that happened with Demar Hamlin, and I think really. The only way this goes differently is if that emotion of everything that happened with Damar has in some way just gone too far and boiled over and they're emotionally exhausted from everything that's happened and maybe the Bills let a little bit complacent. I don't see it happening. I have to say this is almost certainly one and done for Miami, but if a miracle happens, I promise you I will be insufferable every single place possible. I promise you. Um <laughs> And yeah, Bills, Bills should have it easy. Please continue to tell me why uh, why this will be a 30-point victory for Buffalo. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I can't tell you that. I would not be able to take Bills minus 13, especially knowing that it was around 9-11, in the in the week. I know it's it's been ticking up a week. I, I can't take Bills minus 13 in this game. I can't take the Dolphins plus 13 either, but um, I will not be touching the spread on this one. Uh, they obviously split the regular season, the Dolphins uh, winning in Miami quite early on in the season. The, the Bills massively outstarted them in that game. It was a very weird one to look at on the on the stat sheet. 42 minutes to 18 minutes of time of possession to the Bills. Uh, 31 to 5, I think it was in terms of... 31 to 15, sorry, in terms of first downs. Nearly 500 yards to 212 yards, and yet the Dolphins came out with a win. So, fair play to their defense. As Callum said, they have forced turnovers against this team. Josh Allen keeps throwing red zone turnovers as well, which is uh, which has been hurting them. Uh, the Bills actually weren't that good against the Patriots last week. They probably deserved to win, but not by the the amount they did. Obviously, two massive kick returns to Naeem Hines, which is why they brought him in, and he did the job last week. As Callum said, it's very team of destiny kind of stuff. It was that to be the first play after the Monday night was was quite something. And um, I think that's probably a good thing for them because they maybe got a lot of emotion out last week because you could see Josh Allen's face on that kick return. He was he was speechless. He, he couldn't, he struggled to contain it, but they got the win against the Patriots. They've made it to this game. 
and they are here now to face, unfortunately, Skylar Thompson. Uh, the Dolphins also were without Waddle and uh, Hill for certain amounts of last week's game. I've not heard too much that they're going to miss this week, but Hill looked fairly um, ropey with a dodgy ankle, um, and Waddle went off as well, as I say, so... That's not great. The injury report for the Dolphins doesn't get much better. Uh, Tohan Armstead was listed as about four different things at left uh, left tackle, which is never great. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an uphill battle for the Dolphins. We'll go with that one. Um, I would, if anything, I guess I'd lean under 43 and a half just because we don't think the Dolphins are going to put up a huge amount of points. I know. Uh, the guys earlier on the group managed to get on lowest scoring team at the weekend at good odds for the Dolphins. I missed that because I had uh, I was working and I checked 20 minutes later and it was down at 64 instead of the odds that they got. So that was, was probably still a bet, to be honest. But I knowing that I'd missed out on 5-1, to one, I couldn't really do it. Um, my bet and uh, Jack's for this one was Dawson Knox anytime. He's scored, I think, four games in a row now or three games in a row for the Bills. Um, and possibly a look at De- James Cook or Devin Singletary over on receiving yards. Uh, Cook is 11.5, Singletary is 10.5 uh, for those. Um, normally, you want to take Josh Allen rushing yards against in big games because he rushes a lot, but this could get out of hand and he might not need to actually rush. So I don't want to take over 51.5 for him. So for me, I would lean under 43.5 and probably one of those running backs receiving yards. This is a tough game, spread-wise. The spread's awful. I think nine and a half would be nice. So my best bet is probably the under for, for the spread total, but I don't really think it's a good bet either, to be honest. I had Bills minus 13 written down, then Callum's passionate speech made me want to say Dolphins plus 13, which means I should stay away. <laughs> stay away completely. Uh, like you said, I've got five to one on Dolphins' low-scoring team, so that would kind of be my bet for, for this one. But um, yeah, Sky Thompson played his college in Missouri. Hopefully next Sunday night he's playing in Missouri against the Chiefs in the divisional round. That's the dream. Um, <laughs> in terms of this game, I'm going to be cheering the Dolphins on, just like I'm going to be cheering the Bengals on, just like I'm going to be cheering the Jags on. So I'm going for AFC underdogs for selfish reasons. But um, yeah, I think you're right. The Bills were not that good at times against the Patriots. I think Josh Allen actually looked a little bit better throwing the ball down the field. I know Tony Romo, who people either love or hate, kept mentioning that his elbow looked a lot better than it did two weeks ago, in his opinion. So uh, I don't know enough about mechanics compared to Tony Romo to say that he's wrong. So, um, yeah, I'm going to think that he he's more healthy than he was, but you're right, the turnovers were really bad. And the other thing that he kept doing in that game is checking down to the running back more than I've ever seen him do it before, like behind the line of scrimmage. So you've got Kirk or you've got Singletary starting off 12 yards to gain to get a first down at times. Uh, And I think that just made the Patriots play ahead of the sticks the whole game. So the Dolphins defense, probably not as good as the Patriots as a unit, but they've got way more stars. So I just think that if those stars on defense are playing well, then we could see a crazy game. Um, Yeah, I'm hoping for a Dolphins win, but all signs do point point to to Buffalo. But I do think they can definitely, definitely get to the quarterback because that Bills offensive line looked pretty poor against the the Patriots last week. Liam, I really hope you're right. And then... After cheering on Skylar Thompson this week, you get Tua Tagovailoa opening the Undertaker's casket, sitting up <laughs> and walking into Arrowhead next week for the Tyreek Hill revenge game. That would be perfect. I'd say that. I just don't want to say Teddy. He's the best quarterback on the roster. I want him to stay <laughs> stay away. Um, by the way, my prop for this game is uh, Diggs. His reception lines come down again. It was seven and a half last week and um, it's six and a half this week. So I'm... Regardless of the score, I still think Diggs will get more than six and a half receptions. So that'll be my prop for, for this one. I, d- I just think that if the Dolphins play too high, then Josh will end up just throwing quick balls and he does that to Diggs a lot. So yeah, I go Diggs over six and a half for me. And we forgot to yeah, mention, just... by the way, that, that um, Jack's best bet was Jags minus two and a half in the last in the last game. So yeah, I thought we hadn't had a, bet, a best bet yet, but Jack's is Jags minus two and a half. So there we go. He always goes against us as well, so um, that that's, <laughs> <laughs> that sticks with the uh, the season long. Uh, Diggs has had five and seven in the two games against uh, the Dolphins Ooh. this year. Uh, receptions, obviously, um, and zero touchdowns. Um, Who, what random so, yeah. player is going to score a touchdown, Callum, for the Dolphins? Come on, we need a name that's going to be like four to one plus. 
on the odds. Mm. I, I think every player yeah. is going to be four to one plus with Skyler. <laughs> do you know? Do you know who I think is worth looking at? Genuinely, based on Raheem Mostert probably being out, is Salvon Ahmed. Um, based on you know, like I said, I think this might be a Mike McDaniel rushing game, and Ahmed got carries earlier this year ahead of Miles Gaskin. So yeah. I would probably say Jeff Wilson's obviously going to be the bell cow, but if you can get a decent price on Salvan Ahmed, maybe sprinkle a tiny bit on that. He's nine to one on Sky, by the way. Nine to one. That's not yeah. bad. I've, I've heard worse situations. Look at me being a touchdown tipper. Amazing. Oh. He's got uh, come in yet. Sherfield, ten to one. <laughs> yeah, Sherfield's another one. Yeah. Come on, fins up. That's what I'll say. Fins up. Yeah, I I think we can all we can all agree with that. It's the only way the Bengals get to host is if uh, one of the bomb teams uh, wins a few games. See? So uh... how nice is this? We all support you, Callum, in your arrow. <laughs> Let's go, Dolphins. Uh, right, let's try and cheer Callum up with um, giving him the Giants at Vikings preview. Giants are plus three at the Vikings. Total of forty-eight um, gives Callum a chance to talk about his favorite fraudulent team of the league. Best bet, Giants money line, no doubt whatsoever. <laughs> um, I'll obviously take the plus three. I'll take the plus three, obviously. But basically, this Vikings team has screamed wild card exit all year long. Absolutely screamed from the top of the Empire State Building. We are winning close <laughs> games that we should not be winning. And we are going to lose in heartbreaking fashion at home in the wild card round to a team that is not as talented on paper as us, because that has been the destiny of this Minnesota Vikings team all year long, without a shadow of a doubt. The Giants are one of the most impressive packages this year. Brian Dayball has done an incredible job. He's kind of started to turn me a little bit into believing that Daniel Jones can actually be their quarterback moving forward. They've played really well. Saquon Barkley looks like his old self, and they've built, you know, a tough defense. Uh, if if Kayvon Thibodeau did Snow Angels in front of Nick Foles, I can't wait to see what he does in front of Kirk Cousins. Um, that will be a very interesting situation. Um, but I, I, I really do think that as talented as Justin Jefferson is, as good as Dalvin Cook is on his day, as good as TJ Hawkinson is, as much of a threat in the red zone as Adam Thielen is, I, I cannot trust the quarterback in a big spot. And mid-afternoon, wildcard Sunday, everyone's watching. The Giants think nobody gives them a chance. I, I just think the Giants have everything here to shut down this Vikings team. And, you know, we can praise Minnesota absolutely for that massive comeback against the Colts. They were also down 30 to the Colts. Jeff Saturday's Colts, and they were down 30. No <laughs> other team in the league lets them back in there. And really, that Colts team should not be building that big a lead on anyone, especially not someone professing to be a playoff contender. So, yeah, sorry, Liam. I know you love your boy, despite the fact that he says the word frick because he's a nerd. But, yeah, 100% <laughs> Giants. Giants for me. It's got to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't argue with Giants plus three is uh, my bet on this one. They faced each other on Christmas Eve. Uh, the Vikings won with a 61-yard field goal, uh, the longest of the kicker's career in overtime. Um, the spread on that game was uh, four and a half points. So apparently Giants are considered a little bit better now, which makes sense. They obviously rested all of their team last week. All their starters, even Kenny Galladay got a catch, um, a touchdown <laughs> catch. And, and amazingly, the, some reporter asked Dable whether he was going to be more involved this week. Uh, Dable was very professional in that one saying, we'll see what happens. Uh, no, <laughs> he, he won't be involved. <laughs> he got in with the third stringers and I think that'll be about it. Um, yeah, when, when the Giants are resting their wide receivers to, for this game and their wide receivers are Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins, you can see why um, their offense hasn't been putting up the amount of points that maybe they could have done. But Saquon Barkley being rested is huge for them. He's had a long, long tiring season. He's looked all right in the last few weeks after a bit of a dip, um, but a week off's going to do him wonders. Um, Daniel Jones obviously has looked good. Um, he probably will get a start for them next year. I guess they'll franchise tag him, but obviously we'll see about that over the summer. Um, the Vikings, yeah. The, the the thing that annoys me about the Vikings is that they could blow this team out by 30. They won't, but 
talent-wise and everything they've got, it's difficult to look away from them. But then you see how they've done this season and you realise it's probably going to be a three-point game. So I think for me, it's definitely Giants plus three. Um, one thing I do want to mention about the Vikings, which I've just had a quick Google, Dalvin Cook did return to the game last week after a knee injury, sent him to the tent. So it seems like he's going to be all right. Um, Justin Jefferson, obviously, is very good. Kirk is very good. He has playoff wins. This is one of the ones with a non, well, a first time uh, QB coming into the playoffs against a non first time QB. And the stats for that one were that the, the first time playoff QBs are 16 and 34 straight up and 14 and 36 against the spread. So about 33 to 66% on both of those um, in favour, well, 33% for the first-time QB. So it's a fairly significant start. It's a fairly decent um, time scale over 20 years. So in theory, that's going to be against the Giants, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah, um, my best bet for this one would have to be Giants plus three. I would probably have to lean under 48 just because, as Callum said, that Giants defence is pretty good and the Vikings, I think, could step up and possibly... I mean, you've only really got a slow Saquon and then you're all right. But yeah, yeah uh, Giants Giants plus three. And I don't actually have any pop on this one. So I'll hand over to Liam. Yeah, the centre, um, I think it's Bradbury for the Vikings and Dalvin Cook both practice today. So it feels like they're probably going to play. Whereas last weekend, it looked like they might not play. So that's a benefit for them. Uh, these two teams were involved in more one-score games than any other two teams combined in the NFL. So it does feel like this is going to be a, a one-score game. So I am going to request this game to be won by less than seven points on Skybet. But at the moment, you can bet the margin. So you can bet this anywhere. One to six points, you can bet on both teams one to six, and you'll still make a 40% profit as long as they win within one to six. So I do feel like a one-score game is destined to, to probably happen in this one just because of the two teams. However, we officially have our first bet, bet best bet off of the season. Because Vikings minus three is my best bet for the week. I'm going to take the better quarterback. I'm going to take the better wide receiver, the better running back, the better offensive line, the better defensive line. Probably the worst special teams. But aside from that, <laughs> I feel quite confident. Um, I do think this game is going to be close. I agree with Adam that they should be able to win this game by three scores. But they won't because the offense isn't coached that way. The defense is actually one of the worst coached defenses in the NFL. I was looking earlier about how little they do anything. So there's a chart that PFF do about how often they play the exact same scheme. So how little do they bother to change anything, how and try and impact the game. The Vikings change the second least amount of things in their scheme per week out of any other team. They're going against the team and obviously Wink Martindale, who throws the most crazy things in the whole NFL. I think he was third highest on the list. So yeah, for me, I think the Vikings' defense is the worry in this game. But like you said, if they stop Saquon, which is hard to do, then I feel like they'll win. So, yeah, I'm going to go. I'll go with Kirk all year. I'm probably going to end up going with Kirk plus about seven and a half points next weekend with whoever they play. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely going to go Vikings minus three. I think they win this game, but I do feel like the, the playoffs could could stop next weekend. I just don't think the Giants are good enough. I'm not a, a fan of Daniel Jones. But if you'd have asked me a year ago, Will, will they be taking Daniel Jones out in week 18 and the whole stadium giving him a standing ovation? I'd have said you were drunk. Um, so, yeah, between that and Jeff Saturday, it's been a very weird year. But I'm sticking with the Vikings just to uh, have a nice bet off, best bet off of you, Callum, this week. And my I best appreciate prop, that, mate. My best prop is uh, similar to the last game, actually. Justin Jefferson's line is also six and a half. Um, so I'm going to go with the, the over because it doesn't matter who's playing corner. I know Adoree Jack Jackson's supposed to be back this week, but... It doesn't matter. And whether Kirk good or bad or plays good or bad, he's still going to throw the ball. Even if it's third and 10, he's going to throw the ball six yards to Jefferson and make Jefferson do the work. So I'm going to get the over on his receptions for, for this week. Yeah, yeah hard 12... to disagree with anything, Jefferson. Um, I was sorry, I was just going to add as well that I, I thought, uh, based on what we've all just said about the Vikings should try and stop Saquon, I could see a couple of reads where Daniel Jones gets out on a boot and I'd like great. to... Uh, I'd like to take a look at Daniel Jones rushing overs. Um, I don't know the line. I apologize. But I would assume it's probably in the 30s or 40s. Um, and I, I would quite happily take an over on that um, because I think you might see Daniel Jones, A, scrambling for his life a couple of times and B, <laughs> a couple of uh, plays where the Vikings sell out to stop Saquon and Jones is able to scoot out down the sideline and break a, a chunk play. 
Um, so going back to what Liam was saying about a one-score game, there's a market that not many people know about called TriBet. Um, you can get that on Paddy Power or Bet365. On Bet365, it's either team to win by five or fewer points. On Paddy Power, it is seven or fewer. Um, basically, you can bet either side to win by six or more uh, or any other result. So that is obviously five points or fewer it's nine to five on bet 365 to for either team to win by five or fewer and That's on paddy that. power you can get seven or under seven or less according to them which i don't think is very grammatically correct is 10 to 11 <laughs> nice um and by the way Callum, for, the, for uh... either team to win by seven oh sorry yeah Callum, the line is 40.5 for his russian total at the moment the lowest I can see. So it is a it's lot. It's a little on the high end, but it's still doable. They need to do it if they want to win the game. So I think they could, if they're going to go all out, Dable's a nut job. So we'll call loads of zone reads. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going to throw everything at this game to get a playoff win for sure. So yeah, I, I think that's a good bet, the over. I'm probably going to bet on him to score a touchdown, to be honest. Nice. Yeah. And as I said with the previous game with Josh Allen, uh, in big games where you need a win, QB step up and. Yeah, 40.5 is, I was thinking, 36.5 in my head. So a little higher than I would have ideally liked, but not too bad. Uh, Justin Jefferson had 12 receptions for 133 yards and a touchdown against the Giants in a regular season game. So six and a half um, seems fairly generous. Um, Right, so yeah, we went out of order a little bit there just because obviously I want to preview the Bengals game. So um, we have the Sunday night game is Ravens plus nine. At the Bengals, 40.5 is the total there. Obviously, a rematch of last weekend's game on paper, um, not entirely on offences, with the Ravens resting um, J.K. Dobbins, resting Tyler Huntley, and uh, Mark Andrews was rested in that game as well. It led to Isaiah Likely having over 100 yards as they played catch-up for a lot of the game. The Bengals weren't impressive, but they didn't have to be. They got out to a massive half-time lead and then sat back on it and... Joe Burrow was very peed off with his performance in the post-game presses, so I'd imagine he's going to come out firing this one. He overthrew T. Higgins on what would have been a walking TD. He won't do that again this week, I don't think. Uh, Jamar Chase must um, Wally, I think it was, in the end zone for his touchdown. So the Bengals put down a few markers. The Ravens' defense looked very, very good, as it has done for a lot of the season since getting in. Tra- um, I was going to say Traquan Smith, definitely not him. Getting in Roquan Smith, who's just received a massive contract extension. Um, He has been very good for them and added to a fairly decent linebacker core. They obviously build around their defense, and they will do here. Um, Obviously, probably the headline I should have led with was Lamar Jackson not playing. (laughs) Probably not playing. He's still not training. And it does seem like he's trying to prove his point to the Ravens. But obviously, we don't know his medical situation, but... It seems like he could have come back. It seems like this is a very long time out with a PCL sprain, which is generally, they were expecting him back, I think, week 15, 16 at one point, and now is way past that. So it probably is Tyler Huntley. He is training this week. If not, it'll be Andrew Brown again, who threw many turnovers last week. He he threw some decent passes, but he threw a lot of mistakes, and that really cost them, and obviously fumbled in the end zone, which Joseph Asai um, picked up. So that is basically it from the Ravens' side. Obviously going to be very different this week. I think Dobbins will have a decent game, although the Bengals' run defense has been outstanding since DJ Reader returned. Um, Mark Andrews, obviously, is one of the best tight ends in the game. And he does it with uh, Tyler Huntley. I think last week it was about middle of the third quarter, middle of the fourth quarter before wide receiver caught a ball for the Ravens, which is uh, quite something It shows their lack of depth. Sammy Watkins did eventually catch one later on. He fumbled it, so he didn't exactly earn any trust coming back into them. <laughs> so I think the Ravens side is probably going to be low scoring and trying to keep the other side low scoring. Uh, the Bengals side of it, I do have a big worry about the right side of the line. Obviously, Lyle Collins is out and Alex Cap is probably missing out. I think he's actually confirmed out today, actually. So he is in a walking boot. He was watching the practices, but the right-hand side of that line could be an issue for them. Um, obviously, it cost them last season in the in the run. But um, Adenergy, who stepped in at right tackle, has performed quite well in relief. So we're hopeful there from a Bengal side of it. Obviously, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins goes. It doesn't really need to be said how good they are as a trio. And Tyler Boyd scored an early touchdown 
I oh, sorry, he scored a touchdown against the Rams before. That game was obviously off. He he does well against the Ravens. He's obviously to be fair, I'm not gonna single handedly credit him with the Bills being great now. But Andy Dalton to Tyler Boyd was the turning point in the Bills history, <laughs> recent history, frankly. So it's um <laughs> it is weird how those two teams are interconnected. But yeah. Uh, Boyd against the Ravens generally does well. Hayden Hurst looked really good last week in the first half when he was required. He's been a fairly decent pickup, um, which quite a few people mocked in the preseason. He's come in and done well for them. Uh, the Bengals' defense has been very good. Second half of games, Lou Anarumo makes adjustments. You could say that this is the fifth quarter of eight, and Anarumo can adjust. But as I say, the Ravens' offense last week was very much different to what we're going to face this week. So I think overall, I'm obviously thinking the Bengals are going to win. I do not want to take them plus nine in what is probably going to be a fairly close game. I do believe that a Ravens defense can cause them trouble. It has done, and it probably will do again, especially with those issues on the uh, offensive line. I would have to probably lean under, I'm afraid, on the total as well. Um, I haven't had a chance to look into props on this one. Uh, I would probably have a quick look at Hayden Hurst scoring a touchdown uh, just because I think the odds on him will be favourable compared to Higgins and Chase. So, yeah, uh, obviously, who day? Uh, let's go Bengals. And they should win. They should go through to face probably the Bills next week, um, which will be a heck of a game. Um, and, yeah, fingers crossed it should be a good one to close out Sunday night. Um, I think Liam is still there. He seems to have frozen. Um so we'll go to Callum. <laughs> oh, wow. What a treat. Um, yeah, I kind of see this as two options. I mean, I, I firstly, I, I do think the Bengals will win no matter what happens. Um, but I do kind of believe that there is really two options as to whether or not this is Joe Burrow's I am here, do not mess with me game. And they destroy a Ravens team that are just not as good. And... Then there's also the option of, you know, don't disrespect the Ravens and their defense keeps them close. So it's hard to really know. I do feel confident that without Lamar Jackson, the Ravens don't win this game. It just doesn't feel like Burrow is going to have a bad performance in the playoffs and allow Baltimore to um, progress through. Uh, I'd probably lean Ravens plus nine just because it's a lot of points. But equally, this is, you know, this is absolutely a game that the Bengals could win by, you know, 20. It's definitely possible. So ah, hard to really know. I do like the um, the Hayden Hurst tip you gave. If you wanted to do kind of a both players to score, you know, Mark Andrews is a solid option. I feel like tight ends in these games often get a lot of work. And Andrews is obviously the Ravens' main and only receiving threat. So um, we'll see if Tyler Huntley can keep it close. Doesn't feel like it. So Bengals for me. Uh, Liam. You're good. Yeah, I think I'm back now. Um, I just saw and they just tweeted out that Lamar didn't practice and Tyler Huntley did, and he threw the ball as well today. Whereas Tyler Huntley didn't throw it yesterday at all. So um, because that's going to be who we get in terms of the spread, I'm going to go for the plus nine just because these games are usually quite close. Um, I think Ben Solak, who works for the Ringer, put a good graph out actually about EPA per play offense. And uh, for the Bengals, every game is, apart from the first week of the season against the Steelers because of all those interceptions, but uh, <laughs> every other game was really high, incredibly high, like nearly at Mahomes level or slightly above for two of the games. And then both Ravens games were like minus EPA per play. Uh, and it's like the graph is nuts, like compared to how, how, how good he is against everyone else. So the Ravens, obviously, a very good team defensively. Roquan Swift made a difference. And I think one of the reasons is um, the only coverage that I think that he doesn't have like a crazy EPA per play um, against his three safety looks where they play off the line of scrimmage, play really far back, make you dink and dunk and obviously don't let Jamar and stuff go over the top. And the Ravens have got three, the three best safety combo in the league. They play three safeties more than anybody else. That's probably why. Um, so for me, I think it'll be a close game as long as the Ravens don't turn the ball over. Um, I don't have faith that they can win it anymore. I thought they could with Lamar, but yeah, I'll take the plus nine. Uh, and then in terms of best bet, um, you'll know this, Adam Bengals very good on their first two drives of the game, always. Um, and also, obviously, the Ravens are probably going to have to go for every fourth down in this game. So I'm going to go for over 20.5 points in the first half. So I need 21 points in the first half. I think the Bengals 
definitely, definitely get me 10 of those at least. And that's worst case for me. Uh, and I do think the Ravens probably score a touchdown in the first half. Just like you said, I think Andrews and that offense will just run it enough to get the one touchdown. So, yeah, I've gone over 20.5 and just think that the first half is going to be quite high scoring. And both these teams in the second half don't score anywhere near as much as they do in the first half. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping for a good first half and then we'll see what happens in the second half. Um, yeah, I wanted to mention in my, uh, in my preview is Burrow is 19-4 and four against the spread over his last 23 games. Uh, they officially didn't cover the spread last week. It, was, it ended 11.5 and it was 11 points. So that was uh, one of the losses was by half a point. Um, I was just looking, as you mentioned, that was um, first quarter. Obviously, I mentioned last week that the Bengals hadn't conceded a first quarter touchdown for nine games. That's now 10 games, and the Bengals are only minus 0.5 in the first quarter, which seems um, incredibly generous. That was 5-6 to six for Bengals minus 0.5 in the first quarter, so that would definitely be my prop in that one. And the highest scoring half in the first half is 20-23. to 23. Um, Obviously, with what Liam's just said about the second half for both of these teams, I do agree with that. Um, I was just looking at defensive touchdowns as well. Bengals are five to one, and the Ravens are eleven to one. Scored defensive touchdown. Uh, Burrow does struggle in division. He has struggled this year in division against the defenses he faces. So, eleven to one for the Ravens to score a defensive touchdown isn't isn't that absurd? <laughs> I thought that was quite a generous shot, generous odds. So, um, that's a good we'll um, emotional. That's a good emotional hedge for you as well. Watching the game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, is if you do get to watch any of these games over the over the weekend, Paddy Power do have quite generous in play bets on um in in play prices on touchdown scores if you get to second half. So it's well worth a look there. As I was saying, Jordan Mason was huge odds last week against um, the Cardinals and nearly found the end zone. And you can normally get pretty good odds for it. Uh, Hayden Hurst is around three to one to score um a touchdown this week, and I think that's fairly good as well. Um, Callum, anything else on this one? No, not really. Like I said, I, I, Hurst and Andrews is a double. It's probably my favourite look if you want to go touchdown scorers, but it's a, it's a very hard game to uh, decipher, I think. Yeah. Um, so, closing out the weekend, unsurprisingly, Monday Night Football is America's team, Cowboys, minus two and a half against Tom Brady, uh, Buccaneers uh, with a total of 45.5. And we'll go over to Liam, Liam to preview this one. Yeah, I feel like this could be one of the most watched games minus the Super Bowl, obviously, in the entire year. Uh, this is going to be crazy viewing figures. I'm surprised it's not on Sunday night, I have to say, but uh, I listened to The Ringer earlier in the um, the other day, and they had a exec on who works for Bill Simmons now, that used to work for ESPN, and apparently they'd actually requested this. They they bid money on this game between the the two networks and did a deal, so that's why they managed to get this game. So uh, yeah, we'll see how many people watch it. I think overall it's going to be an exciting game. These two teams are very interesting. The head coaches are two of the worst head coaches for decision making. Uh, there's a good chart going around about how often teams don't go for it on fourth down when they should. And it'll be no surprise that Mike McCarthy and Bowles are uh, near the top of the list. I think they're actually the worst for the playoff teams. Um, they just don't go for it on fourth down. They don't pass the ball very often on first down. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We're going to see some long third downs, it feels like, and we'll see which team comes comes out on top. Um, Tom Brady's throwing the ball quicker than any QB in the league. He's actually throwing the ball quicker than any QB to ever make the playoffs as well, uh, in the modern day era anyway, so in the last 50 years. Uh, and we know that the Cowboys get the third most amount of pass rush uh, in the entire NFL per game. So it feels like Brady's going to be under pressure. He's going to be throwing the ball into the dirt, throwing it away, throwing it for, for short passes. But when it comes to the fourth quarter, they just let him spread it out and go no huddle. And they seem to, to score all their touchdowns. I think it was... This podcast where we said Brady had scored more touchdowns in the fourth quarter than all the other quarters combined. Uh, and there's no surprise that's because they just let him run the offense and no one else has anything to do with it. So, um, yeah, for me, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be going close into the fourth quarter. Um, I'm picking the Bucks plus 2.5. I think the Cowboys could easily win this game. Bucks could easily win this game. It feels like it's going to be who has the ball last uh, and drive down the field. And, um, yeah, Dak Prescott did not look very good last weekend. So I'm going to trust Tom and go for for the Bucks plus two and a half. In terms of um, the prop bets, there's two. I, I know a lot of people like the Godwin receptions, but that's ticked over to seven and a half now, and it was seven and a half. 
two weeks ago. He does throw to Godwin a lot, but it's a bit too much for me. So I'm going to go CeeDee Lamb, plus six and a half receptions. He's looked really, really good. They've moved him away now. He's not just playing outside receiver. They put him back in the slot like they did in the first year. So, yeah, I think Lamb's going to have a big day. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Tom. I think it makes the playoffs more fun. Uh, probably means Sean Payton will be the coach in, in Dallas next year. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Give me the Cowboys. Why not? Um, I, I, am, I do find it weird that they're favoured by two and a half here. I think that's probably a mark of respect for their defence rather than, you know, feeling great about where their offence is after last weekend. Um, I think back to the opening game of last season when the Cowboys went to Tampa and lost on a last-second Ryan Suckup field goal and really, really, really should have won that game. They were the far better team. The start of this season was obviously blighted by the DAC injury. Um, but I, I, I do just think that the Buccaneers are not what they were two years ago. Um, I love the fact that Tom Brady has never lost to the Cowboys before, which means it's due. So I think that it's got to happen eventually, basically, you know, the way I think, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's not got that many more games left. It, it would feel weird if he went his entire career without getting his heart ripped out by one of the biggest markets in America. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with, with, with the Cowboys here. I just think they are in a better shape than they were last year when they played the Niners and got beaten in the first round. I, I, I like the Monday night slot for Dallas to show up under the bright lights. I love the CD Lambert, you said. Um, and then really deciphering Pollard and Elliott is very hard, but you could make an argument for both of them. And I also think you might find that based on the Buccaneers typically having a fairly good rush defense, their lines might be lower than they usually are. And therefore, you might like them both, even though it is a stout Buccaneers front. But um, yeah, I just think I think the Cowboys here are, are the play for me. And I definitely think the over is the play because regardless of how good the defenses have been at times, They've also shown, like, you know, Dallas gave up, what, 26 to Washington last week. You've got to think that Brady will be able to score 28. So, um, yeah, I, I could see this one being a Monday night shootout that we all enjoy. Yeah, fingers crossed for that. I do. Yeah, it would be nice. Uh, obviously, the opening season, opening game of the season this year was Buccaneers against Cowboys. Uh, Buccaneers won a stinker, to be fair. Uh, Dak Prescott. Injured his finger in that one. We all wrote off the Cowboys and Cooper Rush went on to win four games in a row, I think it was. But um, Dak wasn't playing well in that game before he went out with injury. And he definitely didn't play well last week when they put out a fairly full-strength team against the Commanders. He threw an interception. He lost a fumble. Um, it was not a very good game for him or them. Um, and Dak's got that aim in, in him. He can play one perfect half and then he can play a terrible half of football. So... It'll be whether he keeps it up and who does what on that one. Uh, Tom Brady, unsurprisingly, the most experienced player in the playoffs. He has, he's had 47 appearances. Every other QB in the playoff in this weekend, has had, sorry, in, in the entire playoffs, has had 34 playoff appearances. In fact, Brady's had more wins in the playoffs than all the rest have had appearances. So he is definitely experienced with it and he knows what to do when the crunch time comes. Who knows? Obviously, they won the division with Tom Brady's first ever losing record, I believe it was, um, in that final game of the season where they were spanked by the Falcons after taking their players out of the game. Uh, the, Buc the the Cowboys are tough to pick a, a touchdown scorer for them. I like the tight end, Dalton Schultz, but then again, they also have Jake Ferguson, Peyton, and Hend Peyton Hendershot at tight end, who both seem to get looks in the red zone as well. Uh, Hendershot is 18-1, to Ferguson is 12-1 to if you fancy a little bit at Larger odds there. Um, and I, I even just had a little look at Gio Bernard for the uh, Buccaneers because <laughs> he's been getting increasingly involved in recent weeks. He's 20 to 1. So, yeah, I thought it was uh, fairly worth a look, a look at 20 to 1. Um, I will probably, seeing as I haven't picked a best bet yet, I'm going to go for the Bucks getting points at home. Uh, take Tom Brady, getting the points against Dallas Cowboys. I wouldn't be surprised either way with this game, but. I will admit the spreads this week are very tough for me to pick one. And I do think the Bucks again, a little disrespected. Obviously they have not been good this year, but it's the playoffs. It's Tom Brady. So I'm going to have to take the Bucks getting two and a half points. And as far as props go, I think I will lean to Dalton Schultz nine and a half, uh, nine to four. Sorry for him is the best price you can get. It's around two to one on most of the proper bookies. Annoyingly people like live score bet keep getting in with the bigger prices. I don't have an account there yet. Maybe I should. 
Um, but they're the ones who are kind of skewing the anytime score odds most of the time now. Um, but yeah, hopefully be a really good game. Um, I guess I'd lean over as well, just because that's what I want. And Dak Prescott, despite all the interceptions, <laughs> I think he threw the most, or well, he scored the most points on offense in the second half of the season of any quarterback or from when he came back from injury. So he can definitely pull up the points. He can definitely throw in some ricks here and there. So yeah, it should be a heck of a game and a heck of a weekend. Um, anything else, boys, before we close up for the night? I like um, Rashad White as well as over in that game. Receiving yards, 13.5, and Brady will be checking it down a lot because Parsons will be yeah. a very angry man after the players didn't vote him in their all-pro team this week. So, uh, yeah, I like Rashad White just for dump-offs because Fournette gets a lot as well, but they like to bring Rashad White in on third down a, a lot. So, yeah, I, I, that's another one for this game. So, apart from that, that's it. Yeah, I like that. Um, are the receiving receptions up yet? Is it? Uh, yes, they are. Uh, Rashad White receptions are not up. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine it'll be two and a half or three and a half of Rashad White receptions. And I, I agree with yeah. Liam on that one. I think that's, um, although to be fair, if it's three and a half, you may as well go for the, the yardage. Um, but yeah, should be a heck of a game to close out the weekend and then on to next week. Um, anyone that you guys fancy for the Super Bowl who's not the top four in the betting? Chargers. I really like the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. I think if the Bengals or Bills lose this week, then they've got a great chance. And I think they've got the best chance to beat the Chiefs at Howrahead just because they play each other so often. So uh, I think they were 22 to 1. I'll just check again. Uh, they're they down are, to 22 to 1. Yeah, they were 22 to 1. That was going to be my that was going to be my pick. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think they lost the two games against the Chiefs this year by a combined six points. So as you say, yeah. they can uh, they can hang with them and that's where I'd be leaning. Uh, Callum, anyone different? Uh, 2024 Detroit Lions um, <laughs> for next year. Yeah, let's... Although, uh, yeah, no, I think I think you, the, the Chargers are the obvious quote-unquote outside pick for this year. Um, but I do think if you can get a look ahead to next year and as soon as they release the prices, Lions to win the NFC North next year, there's a decent chance that they are building in the right direction. The Bengals' odds are good for the Super Bowl as well. You wouldn't want to tip them because... Uh... You're a realist fan, but their odds are very, very good for compared to the Bills and Chiefs, and I don't see a lot of difference. I think they're better than the Bills, personally. So I think they're fifteen to two, but I've heard someone said on the podcast yesterday it was seven to one, eight to one in places. But yeah, fifteen to two on Sky, so I don't mind that one. And uh, obviously, Kirk Cousins twenty-eight to one with the Vikings. What could go wrong? <laughs> Same price as Tom Brady, apparently. Exactly. Um. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Yeah, take, give me give me Buccaneers then at that price. Jeez. <laughs> to be fair, the fourth seed being at twenty eight to one is fairly insulting when the Cowboys are twelve to one. So yeah, that's um, mm-hmm. yeah that that is that is quite generous. I mean, he can he, he knows what to do. So yeah, I I fully endorse um, the Lions for next year as well. I definitely cannot argue with that one. They have a load of cap space. They've got some high picks. They they could make a real push next year, and I hope they do. They're very fun to watch. Um, so that is it from us this week. We have managed to get an hour out of this one, which is quite impressive. I think, uh, hope, hopefully everyone enjoys what we've been able to do and hopefully we'll have uh, a few winners for everyone this week and Bengals will make it through. The Dolphins will make it through and the Chiefs will face a tough test next week. Uh, but yeah, we, we will see. We'll be obviously back next Thursday with... The four games that will be remaining should be a heck of a weekend. And who day to everyone out there. Uh, 